Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And tonight we're just going to have kind of a chill conversation about uh, working with outside teams and dealing with the project management and meshing with people that aren't in your company, uh, but you, but that you have to work with. Uh, but before we get into that, we can review. How was your week? I've been super busy and I got a lot of stuff I haven't done. I still need to do. <laughs> I'm most definitely the behind. Uh, like a lot of the last week, I was working on a new payment integration for my product. So basically, it allows people to charge payments and design custom forms for giving or event registration purposes. I already support things like um, Braintree, um, PayPal, Stripe, Authorize.net, Cybersource, things like different payment gateways. And there was another one that a customer wanted that they work with. And so I was building that new integration, making sure that worked. Uh, also, last couple of days, I've actually been doing work on upgrading my Postgres for my product because <clears throat> like I'm a Postgres consultant, but I act actually haven't upgraded my super recently, like I was on 12 and the current version is on 14. I mean, it's still supported, but the reason I've been waiting so long, well, number one, I've been super busy, but normally I would have eventually moved to 13 by now, but I have so many parts, but there's a couple of reasons for this. I have tons of partition tables and version 14 has the ability to re-index concurrently. And what that means, you can rebuild your indexes while the database is still up and running. So you don't have to lose access to the table or anything like that. That's nice. So I was looking for that for my partition tables and that's what 14 offers. Where that becomes important is that I'm currently running my database on Ubuntu 18.04. So I haven't moved to 20.04. The reason being when you jump to different operating system versions, by default, Postgres uses the collations of the operating system. So unless you have it specifically configured to use another collation system, which is a whole nother ball of wax. So basically what that means is your indexes can become, I don't know if it's, I mean, corrupt is kind of an appropriate term, but basically if you're gonna be switching from one major operating system version to another and the C library that does collations has changed, you want to rebuild your indexes. So for that whole reason, I'm on 18.04. I eventually want to get to 20.04 and pretty soon in the next month, you Ubuntu 22.04 is going to be released. I wanted to get on um, have the ability to rebuild my partitioned indexes concurrently. So that's a long way of saying I kind of waited a little while for ducks to be in a row and I've actually started, all right, the ducks are ready. I'm going to start, you know, upgrading and doing the process. So what about you? Well, so I had, um, on Saturday, my, my whole computer rig just died. My SSD, um, apparently, 
I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently SSDs can get bad sectors. Started having bad sectors and check disk wasn't helping. I couldn't get it repaired, so I just had to reinstall everything. So up front, if we have any issues with the stream tonight, I'm sorry. I had to scramble to rebuild everything. So things are probably going to look a little different and sound a little different. If they do, just, you know, let us know in the comments and we'll try to try to tweak things as we go. Um, but trying to put all this together back together in three days while I'm working a full-time job and doing other stuff is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> so, yeesh. Um, but, but, but you made it. <laughs> I made it right at the last second, man. Um, we got it done. But anyway, um, I've also been working on little tiny projects here and there. Um, but the main thing I've been working on this week is what we'll be talking about tonight. So essentially, my week in review is tonight's show. So... Um, what that is, is our biggest client that I, I work, I mean, my primary responsibility is managing the relationship and the, the project management parts of our relationship with our biggest client. And they have a team on their side that does, you know, that manages their stuff. Well, you know, they, they have a project manager that deals with the, their product team and their engineering team, and they interface with us and interface with them so we've got two whole teams dealing with project management and processes going back and forth and over the past two weeks three of the primary members of that team the the management of that team have rotated out so there's a whole new management set in there um so my whole week has been about figuring out how to mesh with these people find out what they want, um, find out what, uh, how they're going to work and how we're going to work together and work on processes and stuff. So I thought that would be a good, um, kind of a good topic to talk about. Cause we've been, we spent quite a few weeks talking about the technical side of things. Um, and I'm, I was itching to get back into the project management topics a little bit. Cause that's my, my favorite bit that's the part i'm passionate about is that that side of things so um so let's talk a little bit about what do you what kind of things do you need to look out for what kind of challenges are there and what things can you do to help when you have to work with project teams outside your company um basically your customers if you're interfacing with so whether you're doing like consulting which is what creston does a lot of or you have integration partners and customers that integrate with your stuff and you're doing technical work for them and you're working team to team which is what i end up doing a lot you have to at some point usually end up working with people outside your your company um, and most businesses are people working with people. So there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, like work with them on technical projects if you're sure. in a technical area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, all the management and stuff and, and things that go with that, the communications and some things that I've 
kind of rediscovered over the past week um, are that communications are very difficult if you're not co-located. Because um, in the past, you know, sometimes I would have either I would go to or have teams come to an office and we'd have a whiteboard and we could we could whiteboard things out and draw the diagrams and all that stuff and you know then go go grab a cup of coffee together and that kind of thing and it was that was an easy scenario to kind of mesh with people in those conditions are a lot different today even with covid kind of getting past and people getting back into offices it's it's still not as co-located as it used to be especially for technical teams because they've kind of figured out that there's no reason for me to drive 30 or 45 minutes to an office every day because I can have a mobile office so yeah um you know especially with gas prices going up and up people are like well, why would I drive when I can just get on zoom um so the communications have gotten different and uh, figuring out how to communicate and how to keep communication lines open has gotten different. So one of the, one of the challenges um, that we have had is finding a common project management system that works for both of us for tracking. Um, and one of the, one of the reasons that got complicated was not only do we have um, product features that they request, because we do some custom work for this this client. So they have product features and new projects that they want to deal with and stuff like that. But they also have support that we have to track, support tickets. And they have a very large team. So we would get stuff from support. We would get requests from their product side, we get requests from their engineering group, and all that stuff was, you know, getting tracked in different places. We Some of it would end up in Slack, some of it would end up in um, our support ticketing system, some of it would end up in other places, in Google Docs, and it was just, you know, you can't keep track of things like that. Um, and with the old team, one of the, one of the uh, people set up on their side, set up just an express, an Excel spreadsheet to kind of track through, um, everything that was going on. And that was, that, that became unwieldy very fast. Um, Excel is not. So out of curiosity, what, what kind of things will be tracked in the spreadsheet? I mean, because I imagine you're going to get a support ticket. Someone doesn't understand how to use the system the way it's designed and they have a support question. So they call into support and they can be helped or not. And maybe something surfaces there that, oh, this, it would be great if we could be able to do this. So that's a feature request, for example. Like what kind of information, generically speaking, would be put into this spreadsheet? Well, there was a lot of different things. So one one thing we would have is kind of like, all right, well, we had some customers reporting that this thing was happening to them in the product. 
and generic support request. We need to figure out why this was happening. They so this would be something submitted to support and then maybe they couldn't figure it out, but so they're just shooting it up the right. chain. So they'd escalate it to, to the right. programmers to yeah, okay. basically tier three support. Okay. Um, so this presumably becomes an issue on that spreadsheet. Yes. Okay. So that would be one of the things. Now, at the same time, so the spreadsheet <laughs> was on their, our customer's end. At the sure. same time, we're tracking it in our own project management system, right? And are your project management system or your support system? Well, both actually, because we have okay. a support system. Yeah, yeah. But when it gets elevated, it goes into our project okay. management system, the same place that our feature tickets go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a different type of ticket. But it really, at that point, it's kind of a bug research request. It, by the time it gets to us. I mean, it's some unit of work that your team has to right. do. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have to be researching something because they've already slacked us to try to get the simple answer. And we're like, nope, we got to research it. Um, so we'd get those kind of things. We would also, this this customer has their own client uh, client app that interfaces with our API. So they have an engineering team that does API interfaces and there's those type of things come in. They, this API didn't work or it's returning something we didn't think it was should be returning or, you know, at this site is doing it weird. So those kind of support things would come in too, which are, are still kind of support tickets, but those usually get almost immediately elevated because that's going to take log diving or looking at the APIs and seeing what's going on specifically. So that stuff would show up. Then we have, hey, we've got this event coming up and we need some stuff, some some new features for this, or we've got this bug that we found in our testing and we need to get this debugged or, you know, all those kind of things would show up too. Um, so you can imagine that that Excel sheet got unwieldy very, very fast. Um, and, and then they got into things like, okay, well, let's, let's take this, the support looking stuff and put it on one tab and the feature looking stuff and put it on another tab. And we use that as our talking points for our, you know, our standup meetings that we have several times a week. Um, and it, it was just, it was workable, but it was painful. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it just wasn't, we weren't doing a very good job of keeping on top of things. So, um, this week, I've, I had some meetings with their project management folks, and we, we are getting to an actual project management system on their side, which is good. Um, now, I... At some point, I have to figure out how to interface our project management system and theirs, because right now what I'm going to have to do is double enter. I'm going to put information in ours and also put some information in theirs. But that's still way better than the pain that was coming from not them not having any kind of project management system in, the, in this environment. So... Um, when When you're dealing with two big companies like this, 
what I found is that you end up having to try to work around some of the internal policies and systems that are set up because they don't work for this customer that you're trying to deal with, right? So you have to come up with something a little different. But I can tell you that if you don't have some kind of project management system that both ends can look at and see, communications are just going to be a nightmare. And it's, it's, it's a bad thing uh, when you can't stay on top of stuff like that. So. so this reminds me, so as you're talking about this, this reminds me of something I did with um, when I onboarded my largest client for my software application. I said, all right, we, you know, we want to, you know, make some updates based on, on kind of drive product development to a certain extent based on kind of where you want to go. So I said, all right, you know, we'll allocate, you know, a number of hours. I don't know if I was that specific uh, per week to kind of work on things that are of interest to you. So basically we're giving them, hey, this block, and it's up to them how they want to spend it. So if they want to spend this block on, hey, this support issues of paramount importance, or, hey, we really want this feature, so prioritize that. And what I basically did is I put, set up a Trello board, and I said, all right, we're going to, each of us can put in issues. I can edit them to make them make more sense to us. You can edit and make more sense to, you know, basically come up with something. And then the priority, so basically there was a queue. And then they could assign the priority of the stuff in that queue. And then we would say, all right, this is what they want us to work on. And we would focus on that. So that's a simplistic project management system, but it worked for this simple use case when there's much less people involved compared to what you're describing, but just having that common system that says, all right, a unified view we could each have on both sides of the organization, their organization, my organization, then, okay, what's the priority? That way we know what we're working on. If there's any question that comes, well, where's this thing? It's like, well, it's not coming yet because we've been prioritizing the thing that you put above it. Right, and that's, and that's essentially what we've done. So. What you're describing is, a, is with Trello is basically a Kanban board, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's that's what we set up was a Kanban board because what what we've discovered is that's kind of the easiest way for both sides to communicate with each other and keep track of where things are. Um, so whether you're small system or whether you're two huge systems, the Kanban boards seem to be the place to kind of at least start with and as a as a way to uh, to map out what you're trying to do and keep track of things it's it's really easy to do that once you get it set um and like like you what i'm doing is they go in and they prioritize you know that we've got all these things on the board yep. they give me their top three and i say okay this is what i'm working on until yep. you tell me something else. Exactly. And so that's part of the increasing the communication is you've just got to have a system that both sides can see and interact with. 
Um, otherwise, you're just going to be in meetings all the time, trying to trying to get uh, information back and forth, and trying to track emails. And hey, but I thought this email on November second said that we were going to be doing blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> Yeah, but but this conversation in Slack said this. Well, yeah, exactly. but this Word doc said that. Yeah, we we were really getting over that. It's also important that your system have the ability to have attachments because what you want to do is somebody will write a Word doc or somebody will write an email and you attach those things to the ticket so it's all right there with it instead of spread out over three people and four different places and oh gosh i think i remember them saying something about that a couple weeks ago in where i don't know so it's really important to centralize that information and get it all organized and and um, put together uh the other thing that that has been really interesting is this was kind of a unique situation for me where Without changing the project, I was able to see how a completely different team deals with the same kind of issues. Um, and that was that was a really interesting thing. Um, and it's not that one team was better or worse than the other one. It's just that they're very different. Uh, they have different management styles. They have different wants. There were different pain points for them in the processes. Um, and it's been kind of an interesting exercise to to change just that variable and see what's different in the process. Um, and so, you know, it, it's something that I have generally known that, that teams make up a big part of how you have to, to structure your processes not for only what for okay english not only for what type of project it is but what kind of people are on the team what their mentalities are what their what their work styles are that that's making a huge difference in the processes that we're setting up and we're having to change a lot of processes just because three members of that team, three key members, but three members of that team changed. Massive changes are having to be be included in the processes. Now, do you think that's... warranted, beneficial? Um, I don't know. In this... In this particular case, it is because this new team actually aligns to my PM style more closely than the other one did. So for me, it's this is a good move. Because um, as you're talking about this, one thing that came to my mind is I remember back at my old job, like over a decade ago, when I would do software evaluation. So we were going to get a new, uh, say a new fundraising system, a new CRM system. And we were doing evaluations, doing demos, and then I would call a number of the customers of those current products and say, you know, ask them questions about how it is using and whatnot. And I asked them, well, what made you choose it? And 
it was never about the features. It was, oh, so-and-so wanted it, so we went ahead and, because they used it this place. Or someone had used it at this other place, uh, used the other product, and they hated it. So they, whatever they were going to do, they were going to choose the other one. So it was very person-driven about the experience of that person, what they had used at their previous job or, you know, that kind of history determine what the product is. It wasn't doing a feature chart of, hey, it had this feature, this feature, and these this feature, you know, or the support was great, therefore it won. It was none of that. It was <laughs> vast majority is the people's, um, I don't want to say whims, but, you know. The, their preferences, their way of yeah, thinking. The, the, yeah, the, their, their preferences. So, yeah, hearing about that, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's very. Oh, you've you've blurred out. I've gone there out of are. focus. There you go. <laughs> I've lost. I have focus. no control. I have no control. The computer controls the focus. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it, and it's like I said, this has been a of in my career a very unique circumstance, and it was very interesting to see. It is still interesting because this is kind of a new new switch over here. We're still kind of working through all the changes and I've got a series of PM meetings coming up with the, the other team to talk through things, but it's very interesting to see how the personnel changes can completely change the flavor of the project itself without the project actually changing, right? Cause it, we're working on the exact same stuff that we were working on before, but it feels completely different. Well, the process is changing. Yes, it right? is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because they have a different way of thinking about the project management than the previous team did. And again, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just different. And it's amazing how much of a change that that kind of necessitates just the difference in people. Um, so I didn't, I mean, I knew people made a difference, of course. I didn't expect it to be quite that drastic um, this with this change. Um, so it was, it was kind of an eye-opening experience, and I'm I'm actually glad to be going through it. It's it's, um, it's a really interesting experiment, I guess. Um, but so you know, it's it's kind of kind of pointed out to me that if you're in a project management scenario if that's something that you're working towards or something that you do you really 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 want to pay attention to people and start understanding how to communicate with people and understand how they're thinking as well as doing a lot of self-reflection to understand yourself very well and how you think about project management um it's becoming very apparent that that's extraordinarily important to, to have successful interactions here. Um, so, you know, the other thing that, that I'm trying to do, we did this with some of the older team, but I'm trying to set this up again, is to have just some meetups um, so that we can meet in person and, uh, you know, just go and get a cup of coffee of us and, and hang out and chat somewhere outside of the office environment 
so that we can get to 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 be people together instead of project managers, right? Um, because I think it's important to under to to get to know the the people part of the project more so than the technical part of the project. Every time that I do that, the projects end up going a lot smoother because it's easier to get agreement with people that that get along with. Right? So, hey, I've got this new idea. Okay, let's talk about that. Rather than if you've already got friction, it's like, I don't want to hear your stupid ideas. You know? You don't want those kind of environments. Those are those are just bad. Um so it's it, it just it, it kind of floored me how how big of a deal that is. And I've always been kind of a people person for project management. I've always kind of paid attention to group psychology and, and team synergies and things like that. I, I really like that stuff. But I've never before been in a position where I could just change that one variable and see what the results were. And it's, it's huge. So it, it's actually more important than I ever thought it would be. So, um, I wonder if some of our technical users, excuse me, viewers, are their heads going? Could be, because um, I know it's it's funny because by and large, programmers, software engineers, that that group of people, which which I am one, I do engineering, are typically very introverted people, and they tend to internalize a lot of their thinking. And I, I'm introverted doesn't mean shy. I'm introverted. I have no problem talking to people, but you and I both tend to think a lot before we verbalize. And yeah. so it's, you know, the typical, the typical programmer, typical, is often not thought of as a people person. But with the the way teams are working today, really kind of need to be. Because the whole process of software development and, and project management has become much more about the people than it has about the products. Um, well, I mean, I think... <clears throat> I think the benefit of if you are an introvert, um, you know, that also means that you tend to do more observing of things. So you're probably keying in on things that someone who's an extrovert who like comes in and their personality might overwhelm the room. They are probably by, by definition going to be a little bit less observant as to what's going on. Whereas the introverts notice more things or those who are quiet and more observing would notice more things and be able to have a better sense of different personalities in a project. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It's, and it does seem that way. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of friends that are very extroverted. My wife is very extroverted and it just means that they think out loud. Um, but you're right. And, and it's, it's kind of funny to to get on teams and to see those two different types of personalities 
interacting. And it's really, really fun and nice when you see them interacting well together. And I think those are probably the best teams is when you have some people that are out loud thinkers and other people that are very reflective, you kind of get the best of, of both worlds going in there. Um, that works really well for programming too, by the way. Um, pair programming, when you have one of the people is is reflecting and, and soaking it all in and the other one is just sitting there blurting out all their thinking as they're going, right? It, that, that works really, really well, I've found. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, diversity is a strength, so, you know. Cover all the bases. Yep. So I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity to work through new things, folks, um, and 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 kind of research how the team dynamics change when just a few people on the team change, uh, because that's already always been really interesting to me. Is like the team dynamic, the team psychology type stuff, and how people act based on the group that they're in. Um, so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how the other members of the team start changing in response to these new members. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that, how that kind of comes, comes out. Um, so, you know, communications and processes are, are the big things that you have to really think about when you're dealing with other other teams that are outside your organization because they're not going to follow the same processes, they're not going to have the same policies, they're not going to have the same culture, corporate culture that you do. So you have to communicate well to figure out how to get that to mesh right. Um, the other thing that I found out is that the best policy is just be open. I mean, just put all your cards on the table. There's this whole concept of loose lips sink ships. You know, don't don't ever say more than you need to and hold your cards back. And But I've found that to be more damaging in these types of relationships. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go giving trade secrets or proprietary information and stuff like that. But if you're working on a project with somebody and you run into something and say, you know, I I thought this was going to take a week. And here it is three days into it. And I know at this point it's going to take four weeks. Tell them just, hey, this is what I've run into. This is where we are. Every time I've done that and I've thought, oh, man, they're going to be so pissed. They're like, okay, well, let's let's figure out a way to deal with it. Because people want more information. They just want information. They don't care if it's good information or bad information. They just want information, <laughs> right? And that tends to keep them happy, and it tends to it tends to um, build a sharing of trust, so that you can just say, so that you can be honest with them and say, "Look, this is what we're running into." They could say, "Okay, well, let's figure out a way to work it and and figure it out." I have yet to yeah, run the, in. The, the the antithesis of that is um 
Have you ever seen the movie The Money Pit? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks and I think Shelley Long. And yeah. He answered when they were working on the house. The, how long is it going to take? Two weeks. Right. Every time it's two weeks. Two months weeks. passing. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because then you've lost all trust and credibility. So, yeah. Right. So I tell you two weeks and you know that means sometime between now and the end of time means nothing. <laughs> so, um yeah, it's it's just. I mean, I, as I as I'm kind of talking through this, and I I am just kind of talking through this and thinking I'm being I'm being all extroverted, thinking out loud. But um, it's just a really neat experience, honestly. And every time that I end up having to deal with other teams and go into into other teams and figure out how to work with them and how they work. It's been a really positive experience. Now, maybe that's just because I'm weird and I, I like that kind of stuff, but you know, the, the common perception of those experiences is, Oh, they're stressful. I have to meet new people. I have to learn all these new ways of doing things. Well, and maybe, well, I mean, it depends on the person. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's common stressful. I mean, it's some people like it. Some people don't. Yeah. I, maybe you like it. So there you go. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's the common perception in the, in the software engineering world, probably uh, well, because I mean, but probably given because, the personality yeah. types of most programmers or yeah, I can understand that. Right. As can I, um, but I will tell you those, those have, actually been some of the most fun experiences of my career as much as i dreaded them early on because i didn't want to talk to people i, I became a programmer because i wanted to talk to computers they don't look at me right but um as i've gone through my career those have actually been the most fun experiences i've had is getting into those new team situations and getting to kind of evaluate and learn how this team works and how they're different from other teams I've worked with. Um, it's just been a, it's been a really cool thing. So anyway, um, I mean, I guess that's probably enough babbling from me about this. What, what, what kind of experiences have you had with, with, going into new teams and stuff. I mean, is it good for you? Is it just business or is it? So for me, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain because like in my company, whether I'm doing consulting work or if I have a product who is serving other customers, I don't get that ingrained in their project management processes. I've, I'm a step outside of it. I've never been, not that I have pushed away or not wanted to get involved with it necessarily. It's just, that's the way I've always been at arm's length. So my position has always been just let me know what you need. Like but from consulting where I'm getting paid an hourly basis, I'm like, all right, just tell me what you need. 
and I'll, you know, book whatever you need done and help you out with it. Or in terms of my product, I can say, let me know, you know, what support requests you have. If there's features you're looking for, let me know. We can talk through kind of what that is. But even though they have these big projects, they're just looking for certain things done by this time. And I've never really, I mean, I've seen some of their project management or lack thereof processes, <laughs> but I've never gotten involved and had this type of more integrative relationship you're talking about. Um, when I was working for a company and running projects with, you know, 10 to 15 people in there and I was the project manager, excuse me, yes, I was the project <laughs> manager. <laughs> kind of like a merman, but a project manager, no. Right. Project manager, there, of course, that required, you know, a whole set of processes and integrating more with a lot more people and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, but like more recently with my company, I haven't had a lot of, it hasn't been, you know, this integrative relationship you're talking about. I mean, it is a relationship in that we are serving, I am serving them or, you know, my company is serving their company in different capacities. Um, but it's not as tied into their processes as that. It's mostly we're kind of on call to to assist them with what they need. Right. But you do still have to work work out processes with your customers, right? To a point. Well, yeah, but it's it's pretty much, you know, send me an email, send me a you can give me a call, you know, with issues you're encountering and we address them. Right. So it's in terms of a process. I mean, yeah, there's this support process. Uh, you know, there can be built in an escalation process, you know, but it's, you know, it doesn't require a lot of process. You're not typically having to deal with like team to team engineering integrations. No, I mean, <clears throat> bless you. Well, I mean, it's just not that sophisticated. Like, for example, Sorry. Bless you again. You <laughs> sneezed your headphones right off. So, like, again, going back to like my biggest customer, they are migrating their current CRM system. And they're having to rebuild an integration with our system in their new one, or they want to pass the data from our system to their new CRM system. So, they said, All right, well, what can you do to help us in that? area, you know, and I basically said, all right, here are some options, uh, or we could build, you know, this GraphQL API. So they said, okay, well, we like the idea of the GraphQL API to pull the data that we need. I'm like, all right. So basically we built what should work and presented it to them and say, all right, let us know if something doesn't work. And they haven't said anything doesn't, isn't working so far. I mean, <laughs> that'll probably come a little bit later, but it's kind of, again, there's more of a distance between it. Yeah. For, for whatever reason. And it's just kind of, or there hasn't been a need to be super integrated because basically, 
again, the more process is required, the more people you add in. So if right. there's one person on our side, one person on their side, you don't need a lot of process because essentially it's been one person that's been tasked with pulling data from our system, putting in their CRM. Right. So, you know, there doesn't have to be a ton of process with that. Right. If you have five engineers on one side and 10 engineers on another side, then you need more process. And then you have a product team and then you have a design team and then you have, then you need yeah. all kinds of. So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely different, different levels of detail you got to deal with depending on the size of teams on each side. Um, but, you know, there's it's always. It's like the, uh, what is it? I was trying to think of a clever way to do this. The uh, number of processes is the power of the number of people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. See, folks, so. <laughs> there's a true engineer thinking for you. <laughs> um, there's always a formula. Power law distribution. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, I just, I, I've just had a lot of fun with this experiment and it's it's taught me a lot about the importance of what people are on the team and how much of an effect just changing a few people can have um something and it's it's going to be an ongoing experiment i'm i'm interested to see how this progresses over the next month or so um to see what changes are are afoot here I'll I'll try to keep you guys updated on the um, week in reviews, not not with this much babbling, but you know, let you know what's going on. Um, anyway, ho hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what kind of experiences you've had with external teams, um, teams that that aren't in your company that you've had to interface with. And, and what kind of things you had to deal with, um, you know, and what stories. So please leave those in the comments below. If you enjoyed this, please, uh, please, please do subscribe and like this video. Um, mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. If you didn't enjoy this, why did you listen to me babble for 45 minutes? I don't know. Uh, join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern for more Dev Talk. Also bring your friends. We know you have lots of them. Uh, next week, we are going to do a small project catch-all show. So we're going to each talk about a couple of smaller projects uh, that we've been working on that are interesting, but don't quite make a whole show of themselves. So um, look forward to that. Uh, if you have a topic that you would like us to cover on the show, please leave it in the comments below. Our podcasts are available in all the places that podcasts live. You can also visit our site at rubberduckdevshow.com. Find all our uh, videos and podcasts there. And you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at DuckyDevShow. We will see you guys next week. And until then, happy programming. Happy programming. <laughs> <laughs>